how do I sound? How does my mic sound? You sound crystal clear. That's why I wanted to make sure I was giving you the same courtesy. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you were gracious enough to come on in the wee early stages of this show. I think it was the first week of February. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And you came so back. Every- <laughs> That's right. Yeah, when we last talked, we were a little unsure about how... Uh, crazy things we're going to get. Uh, yes, how, how do you feel now? Were. Do you think it's worse They've or better than you thought? Worse. Yeah. I thought common sense would prevail. Oh. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. This says, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. I, I made that mistake, and I thought, well, okay, it's going to be mainly a lot of just a little bit more right-styled stuff. I could not have been more wrong. I never estimated or never thought the amount of hate that would come out of the woodwork and the amount of shit that people like Price Sessions would just start spewing. It, it's just like, like Really? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I, I thought people would just be a little bit more conservative about stuff. <laughs> we've we've <laughs> gone f- from conservative to just crazy. Yeah, the, the definition of conservative doesn't really mean the same thing anymore. Um, I'm definitely using the term regressive a lot more. Yes, because there are there are definitely conservatives out there, just like there are Christians that don't think that everybody besides straight white people are bad and that that don't work actively to hurt people in the name of Jesus. Uh, but in general, I, I think the, the massive, uh, takeover of the GOP by the tea party has been very successful for themselves. I don't, I, yes, it has, but it's, the problem is, is it's just not the tea party people. They're just crazy. I mean, they're just, flat out crazy but i don't know how many of them are blatantly hate rating you know hate you know hate style racist like i mean like sessions is i mean good god that man sessions steve king in uh iowa or idaho i'm sorry whichever state i I accidentally uh what is the latest thing i think i heard him say was that he wants to pay for the recoculous border wall by taking the money out of food stamps. Yes. Yes. Oh, and, uh, trouble stiltskins getting praised by Kellyanne Conjob, his crypt keeper for hire <laughs> for letting the girls robot team that the administration's laws prevented from entering the country initially. And now they're trying to get praise for letting them come. Oh, I know. Fuck you. Like, oh, well, it's, well, it, it's trending, so I think it's I think it's what's best. Even though yes. I'm I'm the yes. fuck knob that making all these these problems. It's gonna be a big. I don't league. know. How, <laughs> I don't know how much news you watched, but um, try and tune in for about forty five minutes at least in the morning of Morning Joe, and he has announced that he is no longer a Republican. He is now an independent. 
I saw that. I, I didn't see his speech, but I saw that he had uh, tired. Uh, this is this is Joe Scarborough. Yeah, the One guy that the looks like he died was in the day, Land of Confusion Genesis video. Yes, to life. Uh, the most most died in the wool Republican, you know, around. And yeah, like eighties Republican. Yes, yes. And Which still wasn't all that great, but well, leap, you know, leaps you, and you bounds know, beyond what's standard oh my practices God. now. You, you know. You, you go back to some of those, um, the old school 80s stuff in the 70s, the 60s, and even some of the early 90s stuff. Um, you know, there were Republicans and there were liberals and they are Democrats and liberals. And they all got together at some point and made some fairly decent decisions. Yeah, together. But the, the minute Obama got elected, the turtle from Kentucky, uh, it just it's. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, bitch McConnell. Yeah, and I, I, I forget who I was saying this to, and it might have been you, but I sort of loathe him more than anybody else active in the government right now because of the things he's done. Because oh, sure. Because he's been doing it for so long. And his, uh, his fuck you to everybody that he always has even his photographs his press conferences his laugh when he gets asked normal questions about logic oh, yeah. and fairness and he's like <laughs> he, he's, you, he's just there's no sense of talking to him about well, him or Interviewing them. Try to vote him out, but like we've talked about with unfair voting districts, he and Paul Ryan, I forget which poll it was, and it was probably more of a liberal-leaning poll. Sure, but sure. He, he, uh, McConnell and Paul Ryan were the two lowest approval rating politicians in the House and the Senate. But they'll probably get reelected. I forget the name of the guy. I don't know if you saw, but there is a uh, union iron or steel worker that filed to run against Paul Ryan in uh, Wisconsin this yes. year. Yes. And he's picking up steam. If he's as genuine as he seems, I I would totally support that guy if I had any voting power in uh, Wisconsin. But I'm not a member of the Trump administration, so I'm only registered to vote in one place. I don't believe Congress should be able to make their own rules. Oh, like rules that apply to them, them and not other people? I mean, to the practice and the business of Congress. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, alternating party every other year, Speaker of the House, every other year, Speaker of the Senate or President of the Senate or whatever the fuck they call them. And I don't think they should be able to alter things like filibusters. I don't think they should be able to vote themselves pay raises. I, you know, I think all that should be handled by the voters. But they would never do that because point of fact, in, popu in popular vote, we are a liberal leaning country, period. In popular vote, you know, we, we showed that this last election. You know, we showed it when Al Gore won. Um, <laughs> not 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 that I wanted Al Gore to be president. Do not get me wrong, okay? I think he was a horrible candidate. I think he would have made a horrible president. He he would have been very but much status quo. I he think. just is. He's all he is all blow and no go. And I can't stand Tipper. I really, really, when I first started learning about the, the PMRC and stuff like that, I just really, really soured on Tipper before she was the 
what is the vice president's wife called? The second lady? Or does that have a title? I don't know. I don't think it has a title. Okay. So, yeah, b- before she was in the White House, I couldn't stand Tipper. Oh, yeah. She's just uh, got bored and decided to do this, you know. But look at it this way. It was absolutely the best thing she ever did was hold those congressional hearings and insist on warning labels because, you know, nowadays nobody cares. Okay. <laughs> but at the time, at the time, it was, oh, well, fuck you. They say this is bad. Ooh, hey. I'll take 10 of those, please. Put that label on a t-shirt and I want to buy it. Absolutely. So I actually I actually did finish up the Philip K. Dick book of short stories this morning. I, fr- I stopped. Um, I didn't finish the very, the story after, I don't know if we're working from the same book, but the story that was after Paycheck. Okay. The one I had, I've got a really big one that has a lot of stories, but the one I was going off of had Minority Report, the uh, the one we're here to talk about today. Uh, what we can remember it for you wholesale. The one that uh, yes. Total Recall was based off of Paycheck, and another one uh, was something it the, about uh, clouds of smoke ta- and ash, and that doesn't necessarily narrow it down with Philip K. Dick, but something about Russians was it, and was it where they play the game with the doll? No, I, I or might was not it the little tiny? Or was it the little tiny robots that burrow in the soil? It was the robots that burrow into the soil. But there's a movie based on that. Is there? Yeah, it's called Screamers. There's a oh, few movies called Screamers. That's based that's off that story? story? Yes. Okay. I think it was when I was talking to Dwayne from uh, Watch, Read, Listen uh-huh. on the Dead Poet Society episode that's uh, okay. out by the time that people are hearing this. But I didn't know that that... Nicolas Cage movie called Next that I didn't like was based off a Philip K. Dick story. I didn't know that either. Is that the one where you can see like 10 minutes into the future or something? Sure is. But you finished the the collection today? I'm sorry. I did. The Golden Man by Philip K. Dick. I'm sure that story is a lot better than the movie. (laughs) They all are. (laughs) (laughs) The only one I have not seen that I know of based off Philip K. Dick, is uh, A Scanner Darkly. That one is pretty well liked, especially among the uh, the like cyberpunk people, people I know. Um, that makes sense. I have not seen A Scanner Darkly sober, so I can't speak too well on it. I, it definitely had my attention. The, the, <laughs> the visual style is very cool, but it's, it's something that I haven't really seen in other things. The closest I could compare it to was sort of like in the animated Tolkien stuff I forget at what point they started animating over live action it was maybe in the Return of the King animation or the uh, Two Towers I know they kind of combined those after they did the uh, Hobbit but I distinctly remember the Hobbit I don't remember any others the Hobbit was better but yeah I think in the very I think in Return of the King in the animated Return of the King they did a decent amount of animation cells over live action footage. That's kind of how I remember Scanner Darkly. I think Keanu Reeves is in it. Yes, he is. I, although I would probably expect Keanu Reeves to be into uh dick stuff. Um uh, phrasing cuz he seems relatively like he's he's almost the same character in all his movies. Yeah, a lot of his roles are in that kind of Johnny Johnny Mnemonic, Scanner Darkly Matrix kind of stuff. 
I mean, even his character from I don't have you seen I Love You to Death with uh, Tracy Ullman, River Phoenix, Kevin Klein. Um, no, no. Kevin Klein plays a uh, unfaithful husband, and is that the one with? Um, no, that's till death do us part with the three wives who get resurrected. Death becomes her. No, that was only two women. That's don't. No, but you're right. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I, I love you to death is like a dark comedy about trying to kill your spouse. Keanu Reeves plays a small part in the movie as uh, part of a duo that get brought in to try to uh, help out. If we're going to waste the dude, we ought to get paid for it, man. That's the American way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not communists here, you know. We're Americans, we've got a right to make a living. Yeah, he, he looks like a cross between his parenthood and uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And I was looking oh. at some of the documentaries on We Are sort of going to talk about Minority Report today. Uh, I don't know if we've said this yet. And I I feel like uh, I thought I was a little surprised that Tom Cruise was into Philip K. Dick. Although, being a Scientologist, he's got to like sci-fi. I actually think that he was more into Steven Spielberg. Because yes. in all the interviews yes. that I saw, <laughs> he was just talking yes. about how brilliant steven is and steven's ideas and steven did i don't even think he mentioned dick hey phrasing i don't even think he knows it was a long drawn out process he said he likes sci-fi but yeah i i don't think i don't think he knows i'm, I'm pretty sure philip k dick and l ron hubbard would not have got along oh god no <laughs> oh god uh, <laughs> no you know i i was just trying to think of i I've obviously read more of Dick and seen more documentaries, but I did go once for a creative writing class. I had to go to the Center of Scientology here in Columbus. And, uh, oh, God. God. So in the class, everyone wrote down something that they don't know about and something that they know about. And things got passed around. I think your first assignment was to write about something that you say that you know about. And then you got someone else's don't know about. Some fucking person wrote Scientology down. So I just went up and went in and said, I'm interested. And I was there for about three hours. They filled me with coffee, showed me a bunch of videos. Um, Holy shit. Three hours, dude. They didn't say I couldn't leave. How did you last? It was all the coffee. (laughs) <laughs> yep, it was oh. all the coffee. Um, but yeah, there was uh, a bust of L. Ron Hubbard and a uh, giant cardboard cutout of Superman are the two things that I remember clearly in there. I'm not sure what Superman had to do with anything, but it was there. Um, I'll see if I can dig it up. Three hours? Oh my god. Yep. How did you last three hours? It was raining out, and I had taken uh, mass transit. Oh, God. And I knew I would never, ever come back. So I let them talk as long as they... That was sort of my plan, was to let them talk as long as they wanted until when they started trying to get my money. That's when I left. Took up three hours to get to the the money, huh? Yep. Well, because there was two or three documentaries that they popped on and i just 
sat there on the couch with my never ending coffee and uh <laughs> yeah i probably should have written a longer thing about it considering how long i was there but a lot of it was just no do tell how did they put the the hurt on you for the cash oh well it was um you know it was just like oh does this sound interesting to you uh, one of the <laughs> one of the things that i thought was funny because they they put a lot of stress on how great of a ship captain l ron hubbard was um you mean like a, a, a sailing ship or a, yeah. a alien ship yeah like uh he could captain any sort of vessel on the sea I think it was a direct line from one of the documentaries. But yeah, there was just like a lot of talking about, do you want to be happy? Uh, big, long questionnaire. I, it, it, was, it was odd, to say the least. I tried to uh, keep a copy, but they checked. They said a page is missing. It was to the point where the next step is to enroll in, forget if it was called enrichment or if it went straight to the whole uh, personal audit. God. Almost all this stuff took place within view of the door. And there was rooms further and further and further in. So I don't know if it was each level had a price or <laughs> what. Dante's Nine Rings of Hell. <laughs> yeah. So... It, it it was a bit more aggressive than the uh, the collection plate and the guilt that I'm used to from Catholicism. Right, um, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it it was it was interesting, um, but uh, it it got published in some small. It, it was in the class, and then I think I used it when I wrote for one of the papers in college. And to make a long story short, too late. It made more sense when I remembered that part about Tom Cruise, because now this is way better source material, but Minority Report, in all its forms, is better than any form of Battlefield Earth. I've blocked out Dude, most think, of that film. I think Days of Thunder is better <laughs> than Battlefield Earth. <laughs> you know, it's one of those like um, The Stand or The Shining or Moby Dick one of those that are just very, very hard to turn into a movie. It's like a thousand-page book, so I mean, it's huge, and try and condense that into a movie, it's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. I, I don't know if I could have kept my sanity. Yeah, maybe a miniseries would have been a better idea. I am. I'm really glad that you, uh, I wouldn't say Minority Report is my favorite Philip K. Dick movie or story, but like anything he writes, yes. anything he writes, yes, yes, has my attention. Or wrote, I guess he died in what nineteen eighty two, something like that. Yeah, he died uh, in the eighties. I remember. I don't remember when he died. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty I, early in the eighties. I, I will say this: I can. In book form or Kindle form, I have no problem reading his short stories. Some of his books, I usually switch to audio just because it gets a little, your your eyes start to close reading the page and things like that. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, of course, we talk about all these movies inspired uh, by these Philip K. Dick stories. Uh, first and foremost, the dude was a science fiction writer. Every one of the stories that I know of has a rocket ship in it. A lot of his stories do have this, uh, even a minority report, uh, there's the nuts and bolts 
rocket ship. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, yeah, he, he definitely was absolutely science fiction through and through. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the things that I liked, because he did, yeah, he, he wrote sci-fi, and like a lot of sci-fi, he used it to talk about now. Yes. Or then now, which is still relevant now, and now now. Um, when does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. But his his daughter was in one of the documentaries I've seen, and she said he always used to say, I'm not a writer, I'm a fictional philosopher. That about covers it. I, I, I liked that. And one of the things that I liked about Minority Report when I first read it, when I first saw it, and now, is that for the fantastical things that are in it, it is very realistic, and it is very yes. poignant, because what retinal scanners even getting getting rid of the psychics seeing the future and using it to predict crime and to stop it beforehand and the whole logic loop that that gets you stuck in with this movie where what do you do if you find out that you're supposed to do something that you don't want to do will you still do it the world that this takes place in is very realistic do you, do you know the date that the story was first published? I, th- I was shocked when I figured it out. Was it, wasn't it? Was it in the 50s? Yes, it was 1956. Did Dick say that he had been abducted by aliens, or was he just... Because uh, I know he had some uh, concerns about the government, definitely, but I couldn't yes. remember if he had extraterrestrial stuff in there. But his, his, uh, his eye to see the likelihood or the tra- the trajectory i think that's definitely i mean yeah 1956 it was like he was using his own precognition or precog to look at the right. personally targeted advertising everywhere the increased power of the police He's appointing himself judge jury and executioner He's not judge judy and executioner He is You've got to help me take him down or the government by extension, the infighting amongst um, intelligence agencies. The short story, like most of Dick's stuff, had a lot less optimism, or at least not the optimistic endings that a lot of the the movies based off his stuff tend to have. He has a lot of, I guess I'd almost call it lesser of two evil endings sometimes. I mean, if you remember Paycheck and Minority Report, both of those endings were the lesser of two evils. Yeah. That happens semi-frequently in, in a lot of his uh, short story. And to answer your questions, I don't think there were aliens in the Minority Report, but he frequently uses the um, Proxmen or men from – aliens from Proxima Centauri, Centauri as, the, uh, as the alien foils in his uh, – books and stories and whatnot yeah and in the short story if you're listening for the first time we uh we don't necessarily follow straight timelines through the conversation and they are spoiler heavy but this movie is 15 years old i think and the story is from 1956 so the story ends with anderton leaving for another planet the frontier yeah because why why is he leaving 
to protect the syst- the failed s- or the uh, flawed system and the struggle between the military industrial complex and the police. Yes, yes. He actually committed the crime in the book. Yes. He, sh- he shot the guy reasons. to save. Yes, he shot it to save pre-crime from getting taken over by the crazy general. I don't even know if they ever made it. Do they ever mention his name? They had his name in the beginning when they were doing the prediction. Of, Correct. Uh, who he's going to kill. The interesting thing in the in the in the book versus the movie is, you know, one one part about the movie is it only predicts certain crimes, yeah, uh, murders, right? In the movie, pretty much just murder, but, yeah, yeah. But in the in the book, all crimes are predicted, and they spit out business card kind of things, and they pick them up and review them and decide which cases to do. Yeah. And it's more widespread. I think it's nationwide program. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, it is. And in this, it was a short-lived, or at least it had only been going on for a few years, uh, program specifically in D.C. Correct. Yeah. 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 It's a wood ball. Uh, Phrasing? (laughs) Yes. The movie is certainly... uh, a thousand times more action-packed than the story is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's largely the the Spielberg and Tom Cruise influence. Um, cause they seemed to be more into the story that they created from uh, from the Dick, uh, the Dick short story. And this was the third or fourth version of the script. Uh, Spielberg had been passing on all the other previous versions until this one but the people that i think the director of photography uh the prop designers the set designers and the final script writer were big fans of dick so we're just done with phrasing right that's not a thing anymore um but yeah Cruz and spielberg didn't seem to focus too much on it they didn't discount <laughs> the influence they're big personalities that seem to focus on themselves a little bit more <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly with the the CGI and the prop writer or the prop design stuff, and you could tell they were influenced by Dick because there was, you know, the self driving cars, the uh, rocket ships everywhere, the you know the flying taxis and whatnot, yeah, the weird medical Absolutely. procedures. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, that Sonic exactly. gun was really cool. Uh, it's like. And the six sticks. Yes, the six sticks. I don't think I even really registered that um, until this last time through watching the movie a couple times. I thought the guy threw up because he punched him in the throat with the stick. You know, just some weird reaction. But yeah, they, they uh, you know, the people around them certainly took a lot of technological issues. And then, of course, there's the, the, the Spielberg uh, cruise love affair of action wise gotta hang off something over things um (laughs) barrels have to go askew Uh, (laughs) yes people dropping out from rappelling out of helicopters and hovercrafts everywhere you look and Uh, and by god we have got to shoot tom cruise where he looks like he's a big man put him on an apple box (laughs) yeah oh god more power to him but man oh man What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? 
Yeah. I can make fun of it because I'm a short person too. So Well me too. <laughs> I mean I'm five foot six on a good day, five foot seven with heels. So Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I'm about five six, five seven when I wear my, my docks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. When I wear safety shoes I'm about five foot seven. <laughs> I'm glad the film got the budget that came with a Spielberg and Cruise collaboration. But that was the other thing that I feel was different because Anderton in the book or the short story was old. He was about ready to retire. Yes. Who who played uh, uh, Anderton's boss, the guy that was retiring? Was that Christopher Plummer? I think it was. Oh, shit. I got to go into IMDb now. I think Colin Farrell did a good job as uh, Witwer. Yes, um, I think he did too. And Whitwer, I thought in the book, the Anderton character killed the person that came in to audit the program. No, that's the movie. He kills the general in the book. Okay. Remember, the general The general was the guy um, trying to uh, capture Anderton so he wouldn't get killed, therefore prove the fallacy of the true crime unit, therefore let the... Uh, military industrial complex take for the policing of the nation yeah switch switch over the power yes yes okay uh some of the add-ons i felt were interesting and uh i sort of discounted the uh the addiction to that to neroin um as just a, a plot device for showing his grief for his missing son um, and yes, Tom yes. Cruise's anti-drug stance. Uh, I feel like that that easily explains why that was just put into the movie because other than that, Whitwer uses it for two seconds to show that he's in control and he's going to get Anderton out of his job. But yes, uh, yeah. the missing child bit was added in to, yes, ex- it was. You know, to explain the, uh, the murder that he is supposed to commit. There was a lot of noir influence in this film as well. Um, sort of like a futuristic third man French connection sort of vibe uh, coming off this with the, the chase and the mysteriousness and the, even some of the, the camera shots. Uh, sure. The, the sure. High I angles and stuff like that. I, I have to, uh, as Baz says, I have to chip in here. It was not Christopher Plummer. Oh, it was Max Max von Sydow. Oh, that's right. Uh, I uh, two nights ago or three nights ago, I watched a Christopher Plummer movie called Remember. You told me I need to watch that. My, yes, yes, that's why you would dig it. Yeah, that's Max von Sydow was uh, what he was in Flash Gordon, right? Played Ming, right? Yeah, and he was in Dune. And more more recently, I think he was definitely in uh, Star Wars Force Awakens, and I think even an episode or two of uh, Game of Thrones. I don't, I don't watch. I've tried to watch Game of Thrones, and for whatever reason, I just can't can't get into that. I don't know why. It would be right. It's right up my alley. I mean, it's got <laughs> dragons in it. So, I mean, if there's dragons in it, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, I just can't. I, I don't know what it is. I just couldn't. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it it took me a while. And maybe you'll change. They're getting ready to wrap up the uh, the show this year or next year. I started watching it just because my wife was really into it. 
Uh, she had, she had already read ah. some of the books when the show came out. Okay, so it became sure, sure, uh, sure. going over to friends' houses, drinking, watching the show. Yes. There's a lot of boobs. There's a lot of violence. Um, yes, yes. But back to 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 Philip K. Dick. I mean, it's. Um, I think both the movie and the story have uh, morals of the story that are both 180 degrees different. You know. Yeah. What did you What did you Dick get was, out of them? I, I mean, Dick was always warning against, even in, uh, if you go look at the Paycheck movie versus the Paycheck story, um, both Paycheck and Memorial Report story warned of government takeover in 1984 Orwellian type of things. Yeah, loss of personal uh, freedoms. Right, right. Where where in the, in the movie it was sort of that, you know, the concept, but I think it was more of... The future is not set in stone. You can you can change it even if you don't want to, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But um, the moral was a little more tougher to, to yank out of the movie versus uh, the story was you know straightforward. Yeah. Military, bad, people, freedom, good. You know. <laughs> what is the point in total sacrifice to preserve a flawed system? And exactly. In in this in the movie, but it had that whole everybody is happy again thing they don't i I mean i guess the the pre-crime division shuts down after yes after six years the that's that's right (laughs) exactly uh you know tom cruise and his wife get back together because what agatha and what the they're they're mutants in the story, yeah. But in the in the movie, they were products of genetic experimentation, which I guess could be mutants. And they were named right. what Agatha after Agatha Christie, uh, Arthur after Arthur Conan Doyle, and I can't remember the name of the other one, the other twin. Dash, Dash, Dash. And I'm sure that's somebody. Uh, Dashiell Hammett is the only one I could come up with. That's probably it. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, you've. I, I can always count on your uh, your breadth of knowledge, especially about uh, stuff that you're planning on talking about. <laughs> uh, that's why I get smarter people to come on the show with me. Uh, <laughs> you lost out today, buddy. <laughs> oh no, sir. I am oh. hashtag winning. I was Go just ahead. gonna say, do you know the point? Uh, if if the precogs can see all sorts of murders all around, um, why they had to be out in the middle of nowhere in a cabin to be happy? Do you think it's just like less noise, less lower frequency, the further away from other people they are, or I I I can't I can't resolve that point. I think it was that part was written so uh, they could have that fading away into the sky crane shot or helicopter the, shot the, or however they did it. The happy ending Hollywood, uh, or I shouldn't say happy ending. That's that's not fair. The, uh, the happier ending. Neat and the neat and tidy bow. Yeah, the bad guy was caught. He was stopped. Everybody saw him. He killed himself. Even uh, <laughs> Max von. Saito? Is that how you say his last name? Um, I believe so. The bad, bad man. 
he kills himself so Tom Cruise doesn't have to do it. Um, but he didn't even... Crow kills himself, technically? Or did... I forget in this if he lurched and Tom Cruise shot him or if he pulled the trigger himself because of the whole weird I have to pretend I'm a pedophile that killed your son. Uh, so oh my family can get the money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that part was I, rough when he was talking about it, about like well, I put him in a barrel and sunk him in the bay, but he came back up. Yes. I was gentle. Oh, I'd, I'd kill a motherfucker right there. I, I would, <laughs> at least I think I would, I don't know, you know, what I would do, but it's stuff like that that makes me constantly go and check on my kid when he's in the yard. <laughs> you know? <Yes>. He, <laughs> no, 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 that's absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's like there's some, yes. Anderton's boss knew, and I think he said that when he's yelling at him in the, in the hotel kitchen. It's like, you knew the only, the, you could definitely get me to kill somebody by manipulating my grief about my son. And I think that's probably why he had such, well, no, because the son wasn't part of the story in the story, but I feel like he had a stronger faith in the system in the short story than he does in the movie. But in the movie, I think his guilt over missing out on preventing the loss of his son and not ever n- not having the power to know what happened really drove his devotion to precog. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. It's uh, almost like he was picked for pre-crime based on that. Well, he was. Yeah. That was when the time came that was manipulated. Uh, Max Vaughn is so good at being bad. That I he he was a good uh, I don't know placeholder avatar whatever for the corrupt politician or the absolute power corrupts absolutely sort of idea where oh absolutely how, how many people did he kill to keep a system in line that prevents killing I guess it's less people than the system predicted, but then there's also the people that were wrongly pre-convicted. That sort of moral conundrums that in any scale anybody can agree is difficult that uh, Dick just saw. I think the, the one interesting thing that this always reminds me of is, well, it was in 1956. Who knows what he was thinking, but it's a, a reminder that when we know innocent people are in jail and people don't want to admit it for vanity, that's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And I mean, just because the rule of law says, well, they've exhausted everything. We know they're innocent, but there's really no way to get them out of jail. Well, bullshit, there's not. Go fucking open the door. Go fuck yourself. You know, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I have, no, I, mm. I, have, I have no tolerance for people like that. I just kind of almost consider them a waste of oxygen. Yeah, it's very limited thinking and very limited care for humans, um, or justice. Yes, even. Yes. Um, well, and now, now we all know, or we should know, 
that justice in the United States is not about right or wrong. It's got nothing to do with right and wrong. It's got to do with who can get a conviction. You know, there's going to be no law and order ending where Jack McCoy has a, grows a conscience and gets a lot of jail because he knows they didn't do it. In my mind, it's completely unacceptable. More often than not, uh, a racially biased system. Well, that's, I don't think we have to think about it. It's the truth. Well, you it know, I, I can get truth. a little hyperbolic and. My, um, my son-in-law is Mexican. And he used to drive a BMW. Oh, God. You want to know how many times he got pulled over all the time just because he was Mexican driving a BMW? What are you doing in that car? I bought it. Exactly. Now, because my daughter's white, he got treated a little better, I'm convinced. But, yeah, no, he he used to get pulled over all all over the time when he had it. Uh, It was ridiculous just because he was uh, driving Mexican. Uh, was it a Dave Chappelle skit driving around with your white friend? Uh, you get pulled over <laughs> I'm and the sure, friend just leads I'm over. Sure He's like, it's okay, officer. Don't worry about it. And they're like, okay. The uh, Ohio ACLU just filed a suit against Columbus police for, uh, you saw the videos of them dumping people out of wheelchairs. Yes. Senator Portman's office. What, what were they thinking, dude? And that's just exactly what Washington, D.C. is doing, is uh, we finally got in power after all these years, so we're just going to look the other way. We're going to get everything that we can out of this disposable villain before they give us... Anybody who thinks Pence or Ryan or Hatch... You've got to go like eight people deep before... You get a reasonable person. Yeah. Um... But anybody who thinks Pence would make a good choice, uh, just remember, in the state of Indiana, he tried to funnel state funds towards gay conversion therapy, folks. Yeah, he's responsible in his uh, funding cutting uh, in a giant HIV epidemic in Indiana. Absolutely, he was. Uh, Absolutely. And anyone, anyone who thinks he's a Christian has read a different Bible than I have. (laughs) Or just the one where it says it's okay to rape and kill people. But it's all applicable to to the movie, I mean, or the book. It's all, you know, it's not in the movie so much, but at least in the story, he, he often tries to warn us against, uh, you know, an overreaching government. When it becomes too insulated, it doesn't answer to anyone anymore. It's like the uh, the murky waters of the Second Amendment thing. If you think you will use, you you will be able to defeat our government with the guns that they let you have the whole argument of, well, it's to oppose a tyrannical government is they're going to keep the big yeah. and best toys for themselves. <laughs> they investigate their own crimes. Every, every police department investigates themselves, especially now with uh, Jeff Sessions in charge of the department of justice. It's, it's the, the machine trying to protect itself. I think exactly. Law- well, a lot could go. Uh, it could a lot of a change in training could go a long way, and some departments are showing that when they've increased education requirements, uh, when they've increased time like, length of time or hours needed in different kinds of training, especially de-escalation. Sure. Uh, drastically reduce. Absolutely, de-escalation training. Look, the fact of the matter is. 
as a chosen police officer, you're going to be facing life and death every day. If you can't handle it and do your job in a professional manner and not shoot people, get the fuck out. Yeah, there's other jobs you Sorry, can do. I mean, every time you pull somebody over, they have a chance to shoot you, but that doesn't mean you get to claim you're in fear for your life as a defense. No, that just is stupid to me. There are cases, yes, but I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Castell is not one of them. And the NRA still hasn't spoken up about a uh, law-abiding gun owner being killed. Well, they won't. <laughs> no, not not for him. Yeah. No, 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 of course not. Of course not. No yeah. rallies like they had, uh, what, after every school shooting? Of course, of course, because the life of the lives of what twenty some elementary school kids is, uh, yeah, yeah. Ugh. I don't know why the NRA is synonymous with gun ownership. It's just a gun lobby, you know. But I don't I know, think it started out that way. No, you know? I, like with the Minority Report and other things, it's just people. Certain types of people are attracted to certain kinds of power, and. Yes. Sort of like with what Douglas Adams said about anyone capable of getting the job of president should not be allowed to do the job. Or something along those lines. That's probably a bit of a butchered quote. Who in their right mind gives an order to destroy a planet? Fire and fury like the world has never seen. Fire, fury, and frankly power the likes of which this world has never seen before. Thank you. Thank you. Are you crazy? Is that your problem? I'm going to get the Scientologists after me, the NRA. <laughs> uh, I'll just oh. say allegedly at the very end of all this. And uh, I said it once already. Yes. Certain groups attract certain people. I mean... I'll just say two words, Catholic Church. Hmm. Right? Yes. More systems trying to protect protect their status. Ugh, yep. Re relatively depressing. Extremely so. Yeah, but it's uh and, and again it's it's a you know, it's a small, small percentage. But it really, you know, colors how whole things. Yeah, the damage is done within the larger groups. And the way the groups react to those damages, I think uh, that does a lot to diminish cooperation and public trust in the institutions. Because, oh, you say you're looking out for me, but I want to call bullshit on that. How absolutely funny is the fact that Jared Kushner's emails are getting them in so much hot water? Yeah, Kushner isn't and that, Trump Jr. Isn't Yep, I don't know if that's the definition of irony, but it should be. Stupid Fredo, Fredo, Fredo Trump Jr. I'm smart. And I was stepped over. That's the way Pop wanted it. It ain't the way I wanted it. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like dumb. I'm smart and I want respect. We may never be able to criminally touch president in this whole mess, but I think eventually it's going to come down to... Uh, most of his staff getting potentially cabinet members to getting uh, uh, a lot of people are going to be falling on swords. His his family won't. No, 
That's because that's that's the main focus of him is the family brand. Anyone and everyone, including all of us, take a secondary or tertiary seat in that. If anybody thinks if anybody thinks he's all about being president, they're just mistaken. I'm sorry. Don't don't give me this. This is why I need to give up Facebook. Are you reading comment sections a, underneath news stories again? No, I'm reading posts by people that I've uh, Facebook friended, and I, I think I'm going to have to do a massive call at some point. There have been a lot of those going around. There's a difference in just disagreeing, and there's different levels of things like that. But there's also everyone's social media, everyone's Facebook, especially Facebook, because something like Twitter, everyone is connected with everyone. The person with the picture of an egg as their icon and with three people paying attention to what they're doing can tweet at the president whose primary form of communication and rage announcements has become that. Uh, But Facebook itself is a private space that you share with others to varying degrees. So it's a way to talk to people that you want to talk to. And if you don't want to talk to somebody, why the fuck? I think you hit it best. You said there's different ways to disagree. If you're not going to listen to me talk, then what's the point? Or just say, eh, you're wrong. The (laughs) facts don't bear it out. Okay, whatever. You know, it's just like, okay. I'm trying to give up feeding the trolls. That is exactly the stance I've taken is just, you know. There is nothing wrong with that, sir. Uh, I mean, I I try to leave it a little bit more open, especially with the nature of my show. But just because you were friends with someone 10, 15 years ago doesn't mean that you have to be friends now. Uh, yeah. And I don't see yeah. why people think it's ridiculous to be separated by politics i mean if neither of you care about politics or something like that i mean if it's a part of if it's if it's a big part of who you are then it's part of your personality and that it it changes relationships just like any other kind of interest yeah absolutely it does it's it's very difficult i've i've been unfollowed by a decent amount of uh extended family members Um, nice (laughs) nice yeah my closer family i mean uh, I think I've said this before, but I mean, I'm not the odd duck in my family. <laughs> you know, my dad's running for political office again after forever because he's so fed up with our speaking of gerrymandered uh, voting districts. He lives almost two hours away and we're in the same voting district. Ah, uh, you got one of those. Yes. Yeah. It, it he's yeah so he's running against our representative pat t berry who uh we've had a few discussions about started taking me to political rallies and protests as early as i can remember and you know a lot of cool you know little little credos i still try to hold on to like uh protest the war not the warrior and i mean yep. there are asshole soldiers but there's assholes everywhere there just like yes. oh, this is a christian yes. nation no no, it's not. There a are Christian Christians nation. here. There's a lot of assholes here. This my, isn't an asshole nation. My favorite, my favorite is, but in God we trust is on our money. Yeah, go look up when they put it on our money, dickwad. Like forty years. Go ago look it or up. Something like that. Yeah, it's the fifties. And Thomas Jefferson's slave he impregnated was not a mistress. She was a slave. Yep, she was a rape victim. 
Yep. She was not a mistress, folks. That implies complete freedom and willingness. Uh, speaking of revisionist history, have you seen the Confederate States of America? It's close to found footage. Um, no. How did I not know about this? I don't know. Uh, it came fuck? out 10, 15 years ago. Uh, but it, it's made like a TV documentary uh, with commercials and everything about the Civil War and after, but the South won and the North lost. And uh, some of the commercials uh, point out um, actually pretty like racist things, uh, items and marketing tactics that used to be used. I got to hunt that down. No, I did not know about that. Okay. I think you might be able to buy it digitally on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. I have a okay. DVD of it. And uh, if I ever figure out how to burn, because it's a burnt copy. <laughs> Uh, but if I figure out how to burn a DVD, <laughs> I never, I never learned that skill either, dude. Yeah. I I used Netflix or uh, Netscape 1.0, so you know, <laughs> I, I, trust me, I get it. What at the end of Minority Report they say something about? Oh, we got to leave these electronics behind because they still use those old school electricity over on. Uh, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> Will we be able to get used to it? Oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but a lot of science, if you go back and actually read the old school science fiction dudes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all. The absolutely. granddaddies. Absolutely. It's, yeah. uh, you know. I'm going to do uh, Fahrenheit 451 at some point on here. There is um, – somebody turned me on to a site last night. It's called openculture.org, I think. That sounds familiar. Okay. And they have uh, one of their many, 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 many projects that they uh, agglomerate into their website is people scanning old copies of public domain uh, – periodicals like uh weird tales oh i got i i downloaded last night the sh we'll call it a short story um probably novella length but short story the original forerunner to fahrenheit 451 called the fireman Ooh, i've never read that yeah i got it downloaded on my computer i'll email it to you awesome dude thanks um, yeah, it's a, it's an actual scan of the magazine. Oh, that is so, so cool. it's uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. I downloaded about four or five issues, some you know original stuff by uh, Lovecraft and Robert Block and things like that are in there. I got caught up in that. I fell down a two hour rabbit hole with that. Uh, it's it's been a while. I've been sort of getting back into it uh, lately uh, into my sci fi reading, but. You know, I didn't read a whole lot of it when I was younger. When I was younger, it was mostly Stephen King and the beat writers and stuff. But I took a sci-fi class in college. And there's just so much amazingly awesome stuff. That's the first time I read, uh, what, Who Goes There? That The Thing is based off of. And, um, oh, what's that? Blood Child or whatever by uh, Octavia Butler? Sounds right. It seemed like all the names I always heard were guy names. 
and then I was like, oh, man. Ursula, Ursula K. Le Guin. Mm. You know, what's funny is um, dark, dark fiction kind of stuff and dark, darker science fiction kind of stuff share a lot in common. I guess that's kind of what attracted me into reading um, more of the darker science fiction and not necessarily just the, the robot civilization type of stuff. You know, but even with Ray Bradbury, you have what something wicked this way comes, and some other short stories that are almost sci-fi horror type of stuff. Yeah, uh, I read some Ray Bradbury short that was full of death shadows after a nuclear explosion and stuff like that. Or uh, God, I can't remember who wrote it. I've got the book in the other room, but uh, there was one story where uh, all the scientists were getting ready in this observatory. Because in a couple hours, the months of darkness where everybody just loses their fucking minds. Uh, ah, yeah. Those kinds of stories. If I know a movie is based on a story, I will seek it out. Matter of fact, I have a, a old book somewhere. Um, it's like 50, 50 stories that were uh, taken and made into movies of sci-fi stuff. It's really interesting. But cool. I have even read the original story, if you can believe this, to uh, Free Jack, the movie. Oh, really? I still like to read them as, a, you know, sit down with paper and read them kind of thing. I, I still like both. Um, I got into it at first because uh, I was catching up on The Walking Dead. And the the volumes that came out were like three or four inches thick. And I was like, oh, I'm God, not going to yeah. carry that. So now it's mix and match. Some of them don't break up right when you put them on a tablet. The pages are split wrong, and it really messes with the art. Some of them, I feel like, were made either with that in mind or that are more easily broken into electronic versions. Some of my Judge Dread stuff that I got on my tablet, it's got uh-huh. an inch or two of the other page on the screen, and you can't, uh, you can't even zoom in and make it smaller and make it normal. It's just that's how it's split. Darren, Darren, yes, can sir. I interrupt you for a second? Please. I I have to pee really bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll take a quick break, and I'll play some uh, some promos. Take your time. In a world gone mad. As you know, the doomsday clock is a symbolic clock face analogizing humankind's proximity to extinction. One man must fight to survive on the global junkie of the future. You maniacs! You blew it up! Ah, damn you! God damn you all to hell! Which? Versus the Doomsday Clock is that man's story. His search for entertainment is transmitted across time and space for your listening pleasure on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and your Android device. This podcast is not fit for human consumption. Side effects include laughter, concern, nausea, vomiting, and blame for more artifices. The producers accept our responsibility for any side effects, illness, or event that you might cause. My event guarantee is worth nothing. Zero, 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 uh, overall, no sausage. In short, you get nothing. Nothing. Good day, sir. I'm Cootie. My name is X. And I'm Chef Al, and we're your hosts on the Kiss the Goat podcast. On our show, we're going to break down some of your favorite devil movies from the past 50 years. We also drink and talk about religion. 
which is a terrible idea. That is a great idea. And I'm going to give you some great recipe ideas to go along with the movies that we've been watching. We also answer questions from our listeners on every single episode. And I also frankly discuss my sex life at really inappropriate times. She does! I do! It's the thing! I tell terrible jokes saying what I'm drunk. And I haven't been paid yet. They said they would pay me, and they, uh... Kiss the Goat! Exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. Uh, seriously? Can I get some money? Just do the job, Al. Come and see the violence inherent in the system! Help! Help! I'm being repressed! And now for something completely different. All right. You know what you can get on Amazon? You mentioned you were a kid in the 80s. Yes. Do you remember the old 80s sci-fi mag, science mag called Omni? Vaguely. You can buy all the back issues on Amazon. Really? Yes. I like how this has kind of turned into a conversation about sci-fi in general. I I, I like that my my lack of structure... uh, allows for a bit more of a free-flowing conversation because i mean the philip k dick story is really good but it's what 100 pages i don't even remember it's not that long oh god no it's like it's like 10 pages long yeah uh and the minority report movie is cool but it's kind of an action movie so i mean unless we want to talk about the punches and kicks and running we you know (laughs) Let's talk more about the how they masterfully make Tom Cruise look big. Yes. <laughs> A lot of interesting angles, close-ups. Uh, and put him in vehicles by himself. They managed to do it through movies. Um, he did another sci-fi movie that I have to say, I'm almost embarrassed to say because had Tom Cruise in it, that I really liked, which was, um, what is it, The End of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat? Oh yeah, or Edge of Tomorrow maybe. Yeah, or maybe it that's it. Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow maybe. You know where he keeps getting killed fighting aliens. Yes, I believe that yeah. is. Well, I don't know if it was based off a story, but the movie is called Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, it was. It's actually a pretty good movie, even though Tom Cruise is it. I see. I avoided it because I've seen enough Tom Cruise action movies, but it's worth a watch. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, I maybe. was I was I I was shocked. I reviewed it for a site uh, once, and I, I was surprised because, to be honest, I I just don't like Tom Cruise movies. I they're really the, I liked him in The Outsiders, the, but that's not a Tom Cruise movie. No, that's a that's a every teen star movie. Yeah. So you have to remember, is, uh, I was in high school in the 80s, early 80s. So I have seen every John Hughes movie a hundred times. I have seen Risky Business more times than I care to. I've seen All the Right Moves more times than I care to. And if I ever hear or have to see another one of those movies again, I'm just going to upchuck. The Breakfast Club, I, I don't even want to talk about that movie. I just don't care. Was Weird you Science know. also John Hughes? That's one I can watch. I will, okay. I will talk about that one only because there's a semi-naked Kelly LeBrock in that movie. That that was a wonderful thing. Uh, I think the first time I saw that, I was 11 or so, right, right at that 
Thank you, Kevin what is, and Brock, wherever you are. Yeah. What what is what is what does Baz always say? Yeah, I got two in the bank on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Scottish bastard. Oh, he's funny as hell. I know I'll never get him on here. Thought about saying he'd be perfect. Oh, he would be. Have you watched any of the Handmaid's Tale? Or have you finished the Handmaid's Tale? Uh i I'm about three quarters of the way through it. Okay. Do you have the the Hulu without commercials or do you have it with? No, I have it with commercials. I, I feel like their commercial breaks were chosen almost arbitrarily. They, they were, and they. Do you ever get it where they play the same commercial four times on every break? Uh huh. Yeah. Ah, it it's almost a rage-inducing kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're making me like this less. Your your aim yes. is not yes. working. It's just like all the attacks <laughs> on. Uh, I don't like CNN, and I don't really like Hillary Clinton, but all the attacks on both of them from people I hate make me like them a little bit more, just because. (laughs) You know, I still don't watch CNN. It's a tough network to watch simply because they pander too much to people trying to defend what's going on. So I've I've shied away from CNN, although I do enjoy Chris Cuomo in the morning sometimes. And for me, it's not necessarily that they give the right a chance to speak. It's they give the dumb shits a chance to speak. Who the fuck wants to hear Jeffrey Lord or Kelly Ann Conway talk about stuff? They're not the right. No, they're crazy ass people. Yeah, they're you know hired hand, hired sycophants. It's the same way when we watch. We, because typically we like to do a little uh, Chris Hayes and Rachel Maddow at night. But if, you know, if Chris Hayes has got, you know, some idiot on there, we just turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they're showing um, a high level of Trump speeches, we just don't even watch because it's not worth it because it's just, you know, it's stupid. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I've, I've stopped watching them all live like I did. Because it wasn't doing any... At first, I was telling myself, oh, I need to watch it because it's part of my duty as as this show yeah. host and this and that and the it, other. Yeah. It's... Now, I mostly just listen to him talk for the sound clips. That, <laughs> uh, you know? And the contradictory bits and... Yep. Yep. Because it's not really of substance. I, I, re, I mean, you can infer a lot from what he's talking about but he's not really talking about anything barely ever it's like a coked out three-year-old they got hit hard on the head my uncle was a great professor and scientist and engineer dr john trump at mit good good genes very good genes okay very smart the wharton school of finance very good very smart you know, if you're a conservative Republican, if I were a liberal, if like, okay, if I ran as a liberal Democrat, they would say I'm one of the smartest people anywhere in the world. It's true. But when you're a conservative Republican, they try, oh, do they do a number? That's why I always thought of went to Wharton, was a good student, went there, went there, did this, built the, you know, I have to give my like credentials all the time because we're at a little disadvantage. But you look at the Nuclear deal. The thing that really bothers me, it would have been so easy, and it's not as as important as these lives are, 
Nuclear is so powerful. My uncle explained that to me many, many years ago, the power, and that was 35 years ago. He would explain the power of what's going to happen, and he was right. Who would have thought? But when you look at what's going on with the four prisoners, now it used to be three, now it's four. But when it was three, and even now, I would have said, it's all in the messenger. Fellas, and it is fellas because, you know, they, don't, they haven't figured that the women are smarter right now than the men, so, you know, it's going to take them about another 150 years. But the Persians are great negotiators. The Iranians are great negotiators. So, and they, they just killed. They just killed us. And everything that he says is just, he's going to contradict himself two days later. Oh, I said that? No, I didn't say that. Well, here's the video. No, wrong. Wrong. Fake, Fake news. news. One of these days, somebody that can have a contradictory debate about some sort of issue will come on here with me. I mean, that's sort of like uh, when we have smoke on the episodes with me and Duncan. We have right. disagreements, but we have debate instead of right. fuck your ideas. I'm not listening. I think that's one. I think that's one of Duncan's strongest points is he uh, he accepts people are going to have differing opinions of it than him. And it's okay. We can exist in a world where he loves Neon Demon and I hate it. <laughs> um, and that's okay with him. You know what I mean? It, it's where there's a whole lot of people who just can't accept that there's a world where they love something and other people hate it. Wow. You know? He, yeah. He's just one of those people who can do it. I forgive you for not liking Neon Demon either. I think it was my... <laughs> number one or number two last year um but i could totally see why people don't like it i just do yeah yeah but you know it, it's it's funny when when uh, duncan talks about that movie or people that like it talk about that movie i know exactly what they're saying i know why that they like it it just doesn't trip it with me you know what i mean yeah and that it, it just is and exactly if we had a world where everybody agreed oh my god would kill each other more more so it would be worse it, uh, than what, what, what huh what 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 matrix did the uh, architect talk about the first iteration of the matrix was everybody was happy and got along <laughs> and it failed <laughs> yeah well was that that was two or three though right or yeah I, I think i think it was two i think it was yeah. two three is kind of a blur for me that got a bit too uh Jesus parably for me, <laughs> you know, even more well, than the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. Well, you, now look, dude, if you're going to watch that, you got to take into account who C.S. Lewis was. Yeah. Yeah. And you take, it makes you know. sense when you learn about him, his life. Yes. Yes. But it's so much so that even not knowing but having been exposed to religion, it was blatant. But and that's it's not just necessarily like you... bad. It's just not my my type of story. I I, also, I I fondly remember the animated one from the seventies or eighties. Okay, I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, I, I'm not a C.S. Lewis is a good writer, but I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, if people liked everything the same we'd have nothing to talk about it we wouldn't get exposed to anything new you know 
there's been there's been plenty of movies or plenty of books I have read on recommendation that are just like, you know, I know why people really dig this. I really do, but I'm just not a fan. Variety is the spice of life. It absolutely is. Absolutely is. But yeah, I I think we had a pretty fun discussion today. I'm not saying it has to be over, but we're getting close to that time. Um I think I, uh, we actually always, talked about I always, the movie more than we did last time. I always feel bad because it always seems like your other hosts come on and really talk about the movies and stuff, and I just come on and just talk. Hey, people like all my episodes unless they're just not complaining. Variety is the spice of life. I say it again. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think we had fun, and I think, especially if you're at this point, uh, you know the deal, you know the score, you, you taught me it, about it, some stuff. Exactly. I learned a few things, and isn't that what is supposed to happen? Yeah. I mean, I'm really happy that people are listening. This is also and an extension please- of my obsession with politics and movies. And, <laughs> uh, you know, if nobody was listening, it's all about having a good conversation and um, seeing where other people are coming from. And I don't know how it is over there, but, you know, I don't want to be outside right now. Uh, <laughs> oh god it's it's like it's like the heat of the sun is here this was this was productive for me and i hope it's been Good. productive for everybody else that's hearing this whenever you're hearing it and you know if you're hearing this in the future and there is a pre-crime uh division how's that working out for you uh <laughs> yeah, that's right send us a tachyon particle message back yeah please name that movie name that movie Oh, the 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 tachyon message. Give me give me a minute. Yes. Do you want to do the the uh, Jeopardy music? I'm I'm tone deaf, dude. I have no musical talent at all. Zero. I can't sing. I can't play an instrument beyond a few chords. Oh my god. Oh really? Oh god. As much as I love heavy. Nope, could never do it. I'm amazed by it all. Prince of Darkness? Green Slime? Yes. Okay. Oh, Remember God, I they, feel they, like they, so they... much shit because I'm a big fan of John Carpenter, and I feel like last time I totally forgot about a John Carpenter movie and felt like... Oh, movie. I hate that. Yeah, they have ever had the tachyon message coming back from the future? I need to revisit that movie. Are you a DVD buyer? Do you buy uh, Blu-rays and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I sort of prefer them. I, I know they take up space, but a lot of times you don't get the special features if you just buy a digital copy. Yes, that's extremely true. Um, Screen Factory put out a uh, um, pr- version of Prince of Darkness in the last couple of years that's pretty good, but it's Screen Factory, so it's going to be, you know, it's like a criterion or an arrow. It's going to be 20 mm. to 25 bucks. Yeah. 25, 30 bucks. Uh, I just got their steel book of, uh, they live nice. It's the same as the blu-ray they had, but it's comes in a steel book and, uh, I, it comes with a lithograph. I got like 20 steel books, but I refused to buy 
the screen the screen factory he uh what was it there was three of them wasn't weren't there yeah that there came was steel books last that year? one uh, i think uh, escape from new york and one other one and the only reason i bought the they live well the main reason was because i only had a copy of it on dvd with no special features ah okay so okay. I, was, I was like okay i love that movie uh I'm surprised I haven't done it on this show yet. Uh, there have been a couple people that have called dibs, and then... I, I'm I'm a little surprised too because that's that's almost more timely than uh, Minority Report and yeah. big government type stuff. Yeah, it it will be how done. Come, how, how come you haven't done it yet? It's just sort of been one of those oh, we can't line it up yet things. So ah, I'm, I'm okay. thinking about. Yeah. It's going to be on my one-year anniversary show. It gets it gets to be tough to go across time zones, and even worse when you go across country. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. I know my friend Chris and I that do our show. It's um, it can be a challenge at times. We've got it into a groove right now, but you know, it was uh, it's not easy. You know, yeah, you got to find that you know, that, that right right time and stick with it, and hopefully your schedules don't change. Because, you know, with a five or six hour time swing, life can intervene pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But luckily for us, we're in the same time zone. And uh, yes, I had, uh, like I was saying, I had a, I had a good time. I had a good talk. It's always fun talking with you, however we do it. But um, Absolutely. you are definitely invited to come back. Anytime, buddy. Anytime. Awesome. Because... You know, we got dark fiction we could talk about. We got science fiction we can talk about. We got movies. We got books. Yeah, we can it's go. uh, it's rare that I get to talk about, you know, book movie combos. Oh, that's that's fun, uh, especially when you got the time to do it. Uh, I like I like the short story movie combo. Short stories are almost becoming a lost art. Uh, there's very few people out there actively working to preserve them. For the last three years, uh, every time Ellen Datlow puts out a movie, or I mean a book, I'm on it like White Rice. Because <laughs> she does, she's an editor. I, I think she's done some writing in the past, but she actually used to be an editor at Omni Magazine. Oh. Uh, but she that. does uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, best best of horror for the every year. She does a best of horror in the year, and she's always phenomenal with the uh, kind of stories she gets. Her uh, her hit to shit ratio is much better than most. So nice. So if you ever if you ever see a, a short story of uh, stuff you're interested, in, her name is a, is an editor. Pick it up and give it a chance. I will keep my eyes open, and everyone out there, I would trust what Myron says about this. Uh, <laughs> sometimes your love for found footage films can blind you, uh, but There's no question. I Dude, feel like no question. everywhere else you uh, <laughs> there's no question a bit more critical. <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, low tolerance for uh, shit as it were when it comes to film movies, but trust me, if it's a bad one, I'll be the first to say it. <laughs> you you will. You'll just give one's extra chances that uh, you may than most other people will. Or, yeah. <laughs> Yes, that is absolutely true. I admit it. Um, I attend a weekly Foul Footage Anonymous uh, uh, support group. 
<laughs> try and help me cope with my addiction. Oh, there's help out there. Yes, uh, yes, all you have to do is ask. But is there anything you would like to say? You, you haven't told us about your cool show. That uh, I do a, I yeah. do a podcast with uh, Chris from the UK, and we, uh, I don't know, we're all over the map, but we've locked into franchise stuff lately. I've been digging um, on your your Romero. Cool. Thanks for listening. We got like three listeners now. We're God. <laughs> I feel like royalty. But no, it's called Agent Slumber, and and we've um, we've locked in right now, just doing a whole bunch of franchise stuff. Um, but it's funny because Chris is very much a cult movie guy. He is absolutely died in the wool cult movie guy and I'm more modern horror. So it, uh, you know, we always have fun talking. And I think like you, I think like you said, um, I think we would do the show anyways, even if nobody listened because it's just fun for him and I to talk about movies. I love it when he tells me my taste is shit. <laughs> I feel so I feel so loved when when he makes fun of me because you know it's done with love, and it sounds fancier Absolutely. with his accent. Absolutely, it sounds uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say more romantic, but that's a now nah, strike that romantic. It's maybe. Uh, maybe, but it's funny because we also have a uh, love of eighties action movies that we share, and we have a love of james bond that we share and we love horror movies we just like different styles there's nothing wrong with that uh so no no facebook group yet um i gotta you know one of these days i gotta make one problem is chris doesn't do facebook at all ah he's kind of of an old it would be all me yeah yeah which isn't that hard but you know that just means i have to get my ass off the couch figuratively and do something And the Legion shows just because, you know, maybe I don't listen to every show that they do, but I know they're a good group of guys. They know their stuff and they really like you, they try and really put a good effort, effort into things much, you know, where, and they have a good thing to say, you know, it's a good group of shows. Yeah. A lot of perspectives. You can, you, you probably yes. find just about, yes, just about any sort of show on the Legion Network. Uh. You know, when you get when you get locked into a group of shows, um, you know, they're just find out how nice people are. You know, because when I it, usually when I like post a show, I'll get like two or three messages or I have in the past. Oh, dude, you got to post that on mine too. You know, my Facebook group. So it's just above and beyond what I've seen in other groups and other collections of shows, um, the, the people over at Legion, uh, really, they're just, they're very nice and very welcoming, very non-judgmental, which is a huge thing with me. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. people can have debates, but I, I don't know if I've ever heard at least any of the Legion pages where people have been, you know, calling names and that kind of stuff. No, it's it's generally I say this a lot because most of my uh, creative output throughout my life is music based. But it, it reminds me of a really good punk scene. You know, a lot of DIY, yeah. a lot of cross promotion, a lot of mutual support. Bands all Absolutely. don't sound the same, but people dig what other people do and they think it's cool. And 
a lot of, a lot more community than I was expecting. You know, when you first hear about podcasts, it seems like a lot of people alone somewhere. And the, they, uh, this, this bunch of people, and I've been lucky enough to con my way on to a decent amount of their shows and even behind the scenes, you know, it's, it's not, it's not fake. <laughs> uh, the people are all well, genuine you know, in what they put out. I've interacted with a number of people offline from a number of shows. Um, and no, none of it's fake. And that, I think that's, um, it's, it's just amazing how, you know, nice folks are like Danny over at midnight horror show or Ricky over at, um, uh, Hail Ming. It, it's just amazing. And, you know, and Duncan and Baz and, and Bo are just generally nice people. Oh, Midnight Horror you know? Show is supposed to be coming back pretty soon, by the way. Uh, I know that yeah, I, I keep that's he- been teased I a couple times. That. Well, I understand that there's uh, Danny's got kids and scheduling and they've been doing it for 10 years and I need breaks every now and again. So yeah. I'll patiently wait. That's all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I've... Uh, been added on more of a regular right before the break happened oh, uh congratulations dude thank you uh i'll i'll believe it when i get my own theme music or i'll feel more more secure i'll tell you what though i think one of the other than baz of course that's a given uh you need to seek out and get ryan lewis on one of your shows yeah we we did and, uh, a couple you... commentaries together on fancy and friends Okay, um, and and I'm being serious. Have you listened to any Great Shift Radio stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. I made myself stop when I first heard about it. After our first, uh, I think the first commentary we did was uh, Reanimator, or right before that, actually, because I tried to check out the shows of everybody that was going to be on. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I did that too. I was like, this is awesome i was like but at that point it wasn't being talked to it wasn't coming back so i was kind of like i'm gonna space this out because i don't want to run out yeah but you you've got to get him on this show i've definitely invited him and we've tossed a couple uh movie ideas back and forth but i think it's really cool if he puts more of his podcasting effort into getting grave shift radio started back up I, I can wait Absolutely. and then i'll get pushy since i don't cut much out of these shows we should probably oh, end sh- it or we're gonna have trouble it's okay uh you know I, right. I don't see myself putting a lot of clips from the minority report in here but there could be things that come up when from different things that we've said when i'm listening back through but uh you mean you're not gonna put tom cruise to Moranic speeches in here i'm shocked i've already he's already going to come after me because of the stuff i said about scientology yes yes he is (laughs) allegedly this is an entertainment value it's like alex jones but less crazy but dude seriously like we just proved we could talk for fucking ever we'll just have to split it up into different shows and uh other forms of communique uh, but I'm really glad That's I got right. you to talk about your show and I'm really glad I got you to come on mine again. Thank uh, you so much for asking anytime, dude. Awesome. Thank, thanks much, man. It was always a true pleasure. So everybody out there, uh, wherever you are, be careful about your thought, watch out for the, uh, watch out for the thought police. 
They might just be around the corner. Or the pre-crime division, same thing. Watch out for those red balls. Avoid the sick stick. Uh, red balls. <laughs> Dick and his In red words, balls. Don't... So we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore? Don't sunbathe nude, guys. Don't sunbathe nude. Thanks a lot, everybody.
Party at Ground Zero, baby. 